7, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Today we're going to focus on prayer, and if you will remember, the first sermon in this series was on loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second is likened unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. And in that sermon we talked about our love for God will be exhibited in our love for our neighbor. Then we talked about sin, that we all do sin, and we need to repent of that sin, even though we are saved. It keeps that relationship right with God. And then we talked about the world, all that is in the world, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, all those issues that we're to separate from the world. It means we don't look like the world, we don't act like the world. And then we talked about spiritual growth, 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3, but grow up in your salvation, don't stay babies. And of course, last Sunday, Brother Tim filled the pulpit for me. So let's look at Philippians. <clears throat> we'll start with a little background. It was written by the Apostle Paul. He wrote it from Rome, place of his execution. Date around 62 A.D., 61, 62, 63, depending on which scholar you read. So I round it off and put it at 62 A.D. The theme, live as citizens of heaven. Again, the issue is rising above the sinfulness of the world and to live as citizens of heaven. That is, we play a different way. We look and we act and we talk differently than the world in which we live. So one part of genuine Christianity, I think, has to be prayer. That's what sets us apart from the lost world. The lost world would say, well, it's just luck, it's just happenstance. There's no foundation by which they can communicate. And prayer is vital. <clears throat> prayer is vital in our relationship, not only to what we do in this world, but in our relationship with God. So as we look at these verses this morning, we can't forget verse 5, excuse me, verse 5. The Lord is at hand. Then he begins, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, conjunction connects these two, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There is a connection between prayer and peace, and we'll try to unfold that as we go on this morning. First of all, we're to offer prayers to God. Be devoted to prayer, if you will. Do not be anxious about anything. Marnino, do not be anxious. That means to be worried or concerned or continually thinking about a particular situation or circumstance in your life. It means that we're not to allow this to become the focus of our lives. Many times circumstances and situations come into our lives and it really becomes the focus of the believer. It may do a lot of things and we'll talk about the side effects of worry. But do not be anxious, do not be worried or concerned about situations and circumstances in your life. 
Gordon Fee makes a good point here. Apprehension and fear mark the life of the unbelieving, the untrusting. For when the present is all there is and for whom the present is so uncertain, there is no anchor to grab. Prayer is the anchor by which we live our lives. And of course, Christ himself is the anchor. It's true. The lost world has nothing. Think of it. When they have circumstances and situations going on in their lives, they have no anchor to hold them in place when those storms come. Jesus said, if you want to live a good Christian life, speaking uh, just you know, in a way that is understandable, if you want to live for Christ in this world, you're going to have problems. That's guaranteed. The issue is how we respond to those problems and what anchor we have to hold us in place when those situations and circumstances come along. We can be overwhelmed. Now, Paul writes here, do not be anxious about anything. The reference here is to an event or to a state of something. So, I mean, if we look at this practically, we look at situations that come into our lives which look overwhelming at some points. But we have to remember something. We have a God who is an overcomer. We, we have a God that has the situation or circumstance controlled in your life even when it looks like it's out of control. Anything, a, a state of something, something going on at work or something going on in your social setting or whatever it is, God knows that. And therefore, we're not to be anxious about anything, anything that comes into your life that will rob you of the joy. Because just before this, Paul writes, rejoice, and I say it again, rejoice. Even in the midst of suffering and trials and persecution and pain and just situations that come in. Now, here's, this is uh, doctors, you can look it up, Google it yourself. Um, the physical side effects of worry. The physical side effects of worry. First of all, lack of sleep. Because when you go to bed, you lay down and you start thinking about the circumstance and situation and you toss and turn all night long. You're worried about it. And one thing that happens when you do not get enough sleep is that your cognition suffers the next day. And maybe it would go on and on and on. And before long, you have a situation where you are physically in trouble. A second uh, effect of worry is depression. Now, there are some forms of depression that can be treated, and some people suffer with chronic depression. I understand that. But in connection with concerns and worry and situations in your life, it can lead the person to become depressed. And again, I'm not negating the fact that there is chronic depression, which can be treated with medications that doctors can treat. But ultimately, when the believer gets to a point where the circumstance looks so big, so heavy, they can become depressed. God doesn't care about me. Well, that's not true. Thirdly, not eating. Sometimes, uh, and, and again, you can look this up on WebMD. Any of them will, will tell you these are the common side effects. Worry, your stomach gets in knots. You don't feel like eating. You, uh, you get apprehensive about anything. Maybe some people will... Uh, become physically sick from eating. This should not happen when it comes to a believer. 
the believer should not let these worries and anxieties get us to a point where we're going through this. Number four, stomach problems right along with, with eating. Big issues can result from stress. When I think about uh, stress also, it's high blood pressure. That's a fact. Stress can cause high blood pressure and stress is connected to worry. And yet Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Anything covers anything. Anything that comes into your life. As you live your Christian life, you, you get a situation in front of you, you have to step back for a minute and you go, you know what, okay. God is watching over me. He knows the situation and I'm not going to let it affect me. I am simply going to not allow it. I'm going to go to the verses before this. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. For the Lord is at hand. In just a second. So this is the physical side effects. We should never have to endure this as believers. So financial, anything that comes into your, to your life and you, you look at it, take an immediate step and go, do not be anxious about anything. Do not let the circumstance or situation become, and, and I know that there is an initial, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I get that and I understand that. And there's some things that you need to work through. I get that. But at the end of the day, when the dust settles, you cannot go to bed thinking about that situation or circumstance because it'll affect your sleep. It'll affect your eating. It'll affect uh, high blood pressure. It'll affect everything. And we need to watch how we handle it. The question is, why are we not to be anxious? Well, in just verse 4, verse 5, excuse me, the Lord is at hand. That word at hand is ingus, which means near or close by. Some try to translate that, that the Lord's coming back. That's not exactly the best translation. The fact that we're not anxious or not to be anxious is a reference to Christ being close to us. Christ is never outside of our periphery. He, he, he never looks and, and looks and goes, I, I don't know where he is. Yes, he does. God knows where you are. Christ knows where you are. That way, Christ is always close. Therefore, when those circumstances and situations come into our life, I'm not going to be anxious because the Lord is with me. And some of us struggle with that a lot, right? Yeah, I see a lot of heads. Yeah, a lot of us struggle with this stuff. So the next time a circumstance or situation comes into your life, where you feel the need to worry, just go like this. Christ is holding my hand. He's with me. I'm not going to be anxious. I get, I get it, and I've heard people say it's very difficult. Yes, it is, but Paul says here, do not be anxious about anything. That's a very clear command that we're not to worry, uh, stay up late, thinking about it. Ultimately, think, think, think of it this way. This is what God gave me. Think of it this way. Has there ever been a circumstance or situation in your life that didn't eventually work itself out? Yesterday's worries are God's interventions. 
Yesterday's worries are God's intervention. You can go back and see how God fixed all of it. And so my, my understanding as a believer is that we don't allow these circumstances or situations to rob us of our relationship with Christ. You think of Peter. When did Peter, when he stepped out of the boat and he started walking to Jesus, what happened to Peter? He looked at the storms. And immediately Peter began to sink because he took his eyes off Christ. And that's what happens to us too. So if there's an issue or a circumstance or uh, some overwhelming event taking place in your life today, don't let it. Stop worrying. Secondly, the solution. So we've given the problem. The problem is the circumstances and situations in life, although it is, it is met head on by Paul when he says, do not be anxious about anything. And Paul knew that there were times when you're going to be anxious, but don't let the anxious thoughts or feelings overtake you. And ultimately, think of it this way. Ultimately, negative situations and circumstances rob you of your joy in Christ because you're no longer happy in Christ. You're no longer thinking about Christ. But now Paul says this. This is the key solution. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Do not be anxious about anything. Broad stroke. Listen to what Paul says. In everything. So here you have the circumstance and the situation, which can mean anything actually that's going on in your life. Now, in everything, in everything, good times, bad times, whatever, everything, all situations in life, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Paul gives us a blueprint here of how to deal with anxiety. How to deal with anxiety. Prosuke. To speak to God or ask God for something. Whenever that circumstance or situation, and I see this happen a lot, uh, generally what happens is when a, when a circumstance or situation comes along, you call your friend, what should I do? How should I handle this? Paul says the first thing you should do is not talk to your friends. The first thing you should do is talk to God. That's the most obvious first solution is that you talk to God about that circumstance or about that situation. It doesn't mean you can't talk to your friends, but your first resource is God. And the Bible talks about getting godly counsel not excluding that. But what I'm saying is the knee-jerk reaction should not be, oh, what would you do? How would you handle this situation? What do you think God wants to do? God is the God of their life. Go to God first. Go to him first. He's right there. The Lord is at hand. He's by us. We're not going to be anxious. When those circumstances come, we're going to ask God, prosuke, to speak to God or ask God something. And you don't need... You don't need a theological degree to say, God, I need help. You don't need years of Bible training. All you have to do is you have to go, Lord, I've got this situation and I need help. The God that I worship and probably the God that you worship 
is immediately listening. You say, well, how can God listen to everybody at one time? That's why he's God. And it's so amazing that God cares about your situation and your circumstance. And usually the, the last person that we go to is God. And Paul says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Diocese, the word supplication, to ask with urgency based upon a presumed need. Situation comes into your life. And he, it's, it's an emergency on your end. It comes in. Then you have to go to him and make supplication between you and God and the circumstance. I know I've probably shared this before, but when I was in the, uh, the chaplaincy program up north in Kankakee for six months, it was about 10 o'clock at night thereabouts, and a vehicle had overturned. And unfortunately, one of the children were killed in that, and I was on with another chaplain. And I remember walking to that ER knowing, already knowing this, the situation. To me, that was an emergency. And we got there. And I just asked God to give me wisdom for the moment. There were two young females. They were the first responders. They were visibly shaken. They were crying. And so I looked at the other chaplain, a female. I said, you go in with the mom. I'll take these girls. And I went over, and I hugged them, and I prayed with them. And I just let them work through their situation. That was a moment when I was asking God as I'm walking to that ER room, knowing the situation ahead of time. And I said, God, I need wisdom on how to deal with this. And my eyes fixed on those two young first responders that were crying, visibly upset. And Kathy looked at me and she, and she goes, okay. And I said, Kathy, I'm going to take these two. You go with the mother because a woman with a woman would be better. And she went in there and eventually got to talk to the mom. When those types of situations come, the first resource is Christ. You have to go to him. And you have to say, Lord, this is an emergency in my life. I need some type of response. And it, and it was really amazing when I, was, when I walked through the ER doors and I saw the desk and all the activity going around. All of a sudden, I was, I was pretty calm because of that long quarter a mile walk from the chaplain's office to the ER and I was thinking about it with Kathy and we were walking and I was just praying constantly Lord this is a bad situation they've already alerted us to the fact that one of the children in the vehicle died and you know that kind of situation can be brutal so listen to me Whenever there is a circumstance that is immediate. God, I need help. This is the situation. This is an emergency. Even, even if it is not according to God's plan, but it is according to your plan, you're supposed to talk to him and say, Lord, this is the circumstance. This is the situation. What happens there? I want you to see what Paul's driving at. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, 
all these circumstances and situations going on in your life, take it to him first. That's what I would tell people. They come to me, they ask for advice, I'll say, have you prayed about it? Have you been to God? That's the first person. God's a lot wiser than I am. That's a fact. My brain's about that small in comparison to the infinite wisdom of God. Thirdly, this is something that we often forget. Thanksgiving. Express thanks or words of gratefulness. So when God does show up in the circumstance or situation, we go, praise God. Right? Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are listening to me, that you know me, that you intervened in that circumstance. I mean, I know you could do this too. I can do this. We can look at circumstances in our lives when things became immediate and we needed to respond to God and God responded immediately. I mean, I bet you everybody in here has had some of those type circumstances where God showed up and did, did what only God can do. So please, this week, when you're out there on the highways and byways of life, when something comes up, immediately turn your attention to the one who has everything in his hand. That's pretty big. That's why I put this in, this genuine Christianity knows the resource by which they can navigate through life. And we have it. Again, no degree required. You just have to be able to say, God, I need help. And talk to him like you would your best friend. Because he really is your best friend. He knows everything about you. Let your request, Paul goes on, let your request be made known to God. Ikema, which is a big fancy word here. It just simply means to ask. ask that your request be made known ganarizo to cause information to be known so you're really just asking God and telling God about the circumstance or situation you say well wait a minute doesn't God know the circumstance or situation yes he does and yet Paul says tell God what is bothering you? Howard Voss writes this, even though he is all-knowing, I love this quote, even though he is all-knowing, he has directed that we remind him of specific needs. Then we shall receive specific answers. We shall be blessed in seeing specific answers to specific prayers. Say that 15 times real, real fast. And he will be glorified as we count the many blessings. God already knows the circumstance. And when we say something like, in my case, Father, give me wisdom on how to deal with this crisis. And it comes. And you're able to minister or it's taken care of in your life, then we go, thank you, Lord. Thank you for an answer to prayer. 
This is how we should be living our lives. This isn't something that Pastor Mike's going to preach today, or Paul wrote it. I'm just happy to expound on it. But this is something that, this is not something that, okay, Sunday we did this. Tomorrow I'm going to go back to the way I do things. No, you do this every day with every circumstance, with every situation. That's how you live your Christian life. Okay. Lastly, and receive peace. 4-7. Now notice the conjunction. I think that's significant. Every word in Scripture is significant. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Arene. Now this is interesting. The word peace here means favorable circumstance. I'm just reading from the Greek here. Favorable circumstance involving peace and tranquility. So the peace of Theos, or the peace of God, leads us to tranquility. May the peace of God and the grace of God, peace is very important in Pauline theology. Here he's saying that God will give you a sense of peace and tranquility. Picture a lake, a very still lake with no activity going on. The waters are real calm. You have mountains and you have a scene, a, a sun and you see how beautiful it is. That's kind of the idea of the peace and tranquility that God gives you. Not the storms, not the issues that come along. When we go to him, there is this sense in which I can have peace. Yeah, I know that I know that storm's going on, but I know the one who can calm the storm. I know that there's turbulence going on there, but the peace of God is going to put me in a place where I am peaceful and tranquil. I will not be moved. I will not worry because the God who created me knows and he will give me the peace. Now the question is, does it mean that God always changes the circumstance? And the short answer to that is no. The Apostle Paul prayed three times for God to remove the thorn in his flesh. We don't know what it was, but it never came about. But then Paul equally writes, I have learned the secret. I have learned to abound. I've, I, I know what it means to be made low. I know what it has to have plenty. And I know what it means to be in want. But I am content in all circumstances. Beautiful. Paul didn't go, well, I don't acknowledge that I don't have a lot right now, but what I am acknowledging is that I'm going to be content in this circumstance or situation. Yeah. The situation may not change, but our response to the situation can. That's Paul's driving thought here. Richard Mellick supports that. He did not envision a situation where circumstance change or external needs were met. The peace was characteristic 
of God which invades the Christian. You've got a circumstance, and in my case, in that particular situation, God gave me a calm spirit as I walked into that ER. And now on the moment, God did answer that. And I was able to talk with those girls, get them calmed down, prayed with them, and I don't know, it was probably 45 minutes to an hour, and those girls went out and they said, thank you so much for being there. And I said, praise God. Because when you're going down to something like that, that. Yeah, and I still hear the mother yelling. That was rough. But in that moment, God gave me the spirit that I needed to minister to those two girls. I don't know how old they were. They were well, anything younger than me is young. <laughs> but they were in their they were in their twenties. These girls. Spending time with them and God giving me just being there is huge. Which surpasses, and this is the peace of God which surpasses that is something of extreme value, surpasses all understanding. <laughs> How can you be so calm in this storm? Is there a storm? <laughs> I'm, my trust is in God. Ultimately, this is a trust issue. At least as I see it. So when we trust, we're kind of like, when we trust, we're kind of like Peter when we step out of the boat and we just walk to Jesus. And when we look at the circumstance, it's so big, so overwhelming. And it overtakes us. Then we've taken our eyes off the one who has us in his hands. And we've got to be careful about that. This word understand is noose. And it means way of thinking, uh, way of looking at something. So the peace of God surpasses all understanding. It, it, it changes. See, we've already taken and we've lifted our eyes up to him. God, I need help. And boom, the peace of God floods our hearts. You see how he's doing this, right? Anxiety, God, calm. So others look at you and go, how can you be so calm in this situation? Well, I've talked to God about it, and it's going to be okay. God's going to give me the ability to either it's going to be taken care of, or he's going to give me the ability to work through it, and I'm going to trust him. Psychological faculty. Speaking of understanding, being able to understand a certain situation or circumstance. Ability to reason. This word, understand, noose, way of thinking. And ultimately, it is a way of thinking how we look at a certain circumstance or situation in our lives. Mental impression is also contained within this word. Mental impression. Get, a, get an image in your mind of that peaceful lake. Watch your blood pressure drop. 
and just see that God has his hand on that. And you know that God's going to still the waters, even if the waters are raging. It's how we look. The peace of God surpasses all human understanding. Have you ever had somebody say to you, wow, if that was me, right? Let me give you an optical illusion. I give you an optical illusion. What do you see? You can see an old lady or you can see a young woman. Right? It's how you look at the situation or circumstance. When you look at the way life is going in your life, you need to get a right perspective. And the only way to do that is talk to God and allow the peace of God to invade your heart where you can begin to look at the circumstance or situation differently. And that's what Paul's talking about. It is the way that we look at what is happening in our lives. God doesn't, and let me say this again very clearly, God doesn't always change our circumstances, but his peace changes the way that we look at our situations in life. Now beyond this, not only do we receive peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, he gives us that promise, but he also gives us protection will guard your hearts and minds. I've, I've loved this sermon. I love this sermon. This is a, to me, this, is, this was huge. Will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Furtho, to guard against something, to make something secure. It is an idiom or an expression. Gives a, a mental image, which is what Paul was just talking about. We have here a mental image. It was a military term. Richard Melnick is correct. Guard is a military term implying that peace stands on duty. Peace stands on duty to keep out anything that brings care and anxiety. So the peace of God, you got storms coming against you? I know what it means to be in want. I know what it means to be in plenty. And I am content. When the storms rage... I am content because the peace of God guards your hearts against the anxieties and troubles of this world. And it begins, all of this begins like this. Let's we'll do a quick walk through and then I'll close and we'll have Sunday school. The anxiety, the, the, the situation comes. I want you to see Paul's argument. The situation comes. It looks big. Drop. God, I need help. Boom. Peace. A peace that surpasses what humans. You mean you're not worried about this? Nope. You mean you're not staying up late? Nope. You mean you're eating? Yep. Why? Because I know the one who has redeemed me. And if this situation or circumstances is in my life, God is trying to teach me something in the circumstance or situation. And I'm just going to trust him. And then that peace... 
that surpasses all understanding will stand guard over you as you live your life. It's when we take our eyes off of Christ and God and stop listening to the Holy Spirit that we find ourselves stressed and worried. Two realms, and by the way, it's a soldier image. These soldiers are guarding. I don't know what the situation in the Ukraine is, but we do have soldiers there. I don't know if they're leaving. One report I heard they were leaving, but uh, this is a visual image. It's a military term Paul uses. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard you, keep you. Please, this week when you're, when you're worrying about things, just go to God. Just say, God, I got this situation in my life, and I don't know what to do. I need something. And then God will give you the peace. Just say, okay, I'm going to give us God. It's, it's, you, just, you hand it over to him, and you say, Lord, I want your peace. When was the last time you prayed, God, give me your peace? Calm my spirit. Lord, help me in my unbelief. <laughs> this may be another way of saying it. We'll guard our hearts. Cardia, that means our inner self. And it will also guard our mind. Noama, the place of reason. Those are the two, when you think of it this way, May the Lord guard your hearts and guard your minds. These two are connected. Because what we have in our hearts is what we start thinking about. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will stand guard over our hearts and in our minds. Paul writes, seek not things below, but seek things above where Christ is seated. Look up. You can't do that, obviously, when you're walking because you'll hit stuff. But mentally, spiritually, you look up. You don't worry about what's going on. You look up and you trust him. So, conclusion. When difficult situations come, pray immediately. First resource. Doesn't mean you can't ask somebody or call me or what it doesn't mean any of that. It just means what I am telling you to do this morning as your pastor from Scripture is to pray to God first. First thing, number one is pray. Supplication. Talk to God about the situation and the problem. Give it to him straight even though God goes, yeah, I already know it. I already know it. Tell him. This is what I think I need. And sometimes we think what we need is not really what we need. God has, has a way of bumping us. Third, express thankfulness to God. Always, always, always. 